Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Let's Talk ABM with me, Declan Mulkeen, CMO of account-based marketing agency, Strategic ABM. ABM is one of the hottest B2B strategies right now, helping companies to win, grow and retain their most important accounts. This podcast allows me to spend some time talking to account-based marketing leaders about their ABM programs and share their insights with other B2B marketers, wherever you are on your ABM journey. So today I'm joined by Bev Burgess, Senior Vice President and Global ABM Practice Leader at ITSMA. Bev, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Nice to be here. Um, Bev, you've been involved for a number of years in ABM and I mean practically from the outset. Um, And I think actually you also coined the term account-based marketing. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey and, and where it all started. Um, it'd be fascinating to know. Sure. Well, I was running a dinner actually in London in 2002, and I, I had a 25 senior marketers around the table, and I had Accenture on one side and Unisys on another, and both of them had started applying marketers to specific accounts. And I thought that was very interesting. And the following year, we kicked off a piece of research around what they were doing, what others were doing. And then we codified it at ITSMA in 2003, called it account-based marketing, wrote out the principles that still remain true today. um, And we've watched it evolve ever since. It's been a really fascinating journey. And, And how would you say it has changed over the last 15 or so years? Well, it started off very much treating uh, an account as a market in its own right. And it was one to one, what we called strategic ABM. Mm. And, and this was really on the principle that, you know, the, the relationship between two companies is, is too important to leave, leave to a single account manager. Uh, and marketing and sales weren't necessarily working together for the benefit of the clients in that account. So it started there. And over the years, as, as people realized it worked, They said, well, we want more of this, but you can't have any more resource or people. Uh, And so um, the very creative ABM program leaders came up with a one to few approach um, where they clustered accounts who had similar issues and needs. And and then, of course, the technology developed to support um, reaching out to hundreds of accounts with similar issues and needs and and the one to many approach um, started off. And, And really now people are blending one-to-one, one-to-few, one-to-many, in whatever um, recipe is right for their business. Yeah, and obviously when we were speaking the other day, um, we were both in agreement that ABM obviously is one of the hottest topics right now in B2B marketing. Why, why do you think that is? Well, I think right now everyone's trying to stay very close to their customers mm-hmm. um, and, and everyone's concerned with keeping resilient customer base, making sure that they survive and then thrive in in this kind of evolving normal that we're moving into. Um, And and we know that account directors and salespeople can't get out and see those customers. So more and more support is being asked for for specific accounts. And and also where you've got field marketing teams that did big events, you know, they're not doing that anymore. They're being redirected into account-based marketing type activities. So ABM was already exploding and, and mm. with the pandemic, it's become even more important. Yeah, I think I would definitely concur. Um, we, were, we were having a, a bit of a, a joke the other day and you were telling me a story um, where you saw that um, a conversation you had with some senior um, executive, they said that they didn't really see you as being like a marketeer. 
<laughs> and, and, and you were relating it back to there's a certain type of marketeer is required to actually do ABM. Um, what kind of skill set do you think is required? Yeah, I think we were talking about my time at Fujitsu, where the finance mm. director, we, we grew the, the part of the business I was in using an ABM strategy, but it was broader than that. It was, you know, an investment strategy focused on the accounts that mattered. And yeah. he turned around and he said, you're not like any other marketer I've ever known. And I think the things that we find ABMers need, as well as that kind of end-to-end -end marketing knowledge, um, they need commercial acumen. So they need to be mm. able to understand the levers of a business, how it makes money, um, how the client's business makes money. Um, they need uh, leadership skills. They need to be able to bring together um, parts of the business for the benefit of the client. Um, and I think they need quite a bit of gravitas and facilitation skills because they need to be taken seriously by an account team or a sales team um, and, and to be able to sort of challenge the thinking around what's best for that customer and how to create that sustainable value. And that probably links nicely into how you were defining ABM before as being part of the business development value chain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think historically, I've worked in marketing for 30 years. Um, mm. I've also worked in sales and, and I've run businesses. And, and the classic thing has been in B2B that, you know, marketing are over here doing something important and sales are over here trying to work with specific accounts. Um, and they look at each other and say, well, how are you helping me? You know, and what I love about ABM is it, it pulls together both of those sides and they work together for the benefit of the company and the client. And a, a CEO I know said to me, I think the beauty of this is it's one business development value chain. It's not two functions working separately. So in, in essence, ABM is actually more important than sales or marketing. I think so. And this is where maybe marketing in the title was was not such a great idea back in 2003, but it's, it's certainly Accenture was using client centric marketing. Um, but we've seen some companies like Microsoft start to call it account based engagement. And mm. I think, you know, that's where you're bringing in customer success. You might be bringing in CSR, anybody that can help that client. And, and so you're really looking at the how, how do we engage as one business into another? And that you might say that's the job of the account manager, but I think, you know, it's, it's, it's also the job of marketing often to be the glue of the business and take a broader view and, and, you know, bring that all together. Yeah. And I think just touching on that point, I saw that um, Adobe are referring to it as account based experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is kind of on a similar level to, to Microsoft. So yeah. dig, digging a little bit deeper into ABM, where, where do you think people go wrong? when they start off on this ABM journey? That's a great question. I think thinking that it is just a marketing campaign, actually, um, is, is just totally wrong um, because it has to be done in partnership with sales and other parts of the business. Um, also thinking that you can buy a shiny tool, technology tool, and think you can do ABM, that's wrong as well. And people come mm. unstuck with that. So sort of trying to do it on your own, trying to do it just with applying technology, that, that doesn't work at all. Um, and I think... I think it's when um, you lose that momentum with sales. So you might start off with a, a good buy-in from the account team or sales, but you know they they lose faith if you haven't got any quick wins, you know, and you're no longer working side by side. I've seen people come unstuck with that. Mm. Um, so those those really are the main things that uh, can probably be boiled down to the fact that it's it's a strategic growth initiative, and you need that kind of alignment. So when you look at the kind of the work that you do in the consultancy work um, with various clients around the world, when what can you say they have in common in terms of a successful ABM program? 
Well, I, that's interesting because we did some research last year looking at how um, program leaders who are pretty sophisticated, so they're three years plus into their journey, uh, how they've got to the point where they're expanded across the business um, and they're covering a lot of accounts, you know, and, and they are seen as part of this, you know, business development value chain. And what we found there were the seven things basically that, that you have to get in place and you have to evolve as you go down your ABM journey. And the first one is that alignment I was thinking about. So are you aligned with sales? Are you aligned with the strategy of your business? Second one is objectives and metrics. Have you got the right kind of goals and KPIs that matter to the business? Um, then you come on to account selection, which is really important. So how do you select accounts for the program and how do you tier them if you've got different types of ABM going on? Um, then we come on to content and campaigns. You know, have you got a good approach to that? Can you customize your content? Um, and are you efficient in, you know, omni-channel campaigns? Then we've got program management and resources. So, you know, do you know who's doing it? Is it a bunch of people, you know, that are just doing it on top of their day job? Or do you have the right skills and you've got, you know, dedicated resource to it? Um, and then two related ones. The last two are, have you got the data, analytics and insight you need? to create compelling ABM propositions and campaigns? And have you got that technology infrastructure that allows you to run it all efficiently? So seven things, basically. And leading on from that, actually, um, obviously ITSMA have defined, you know, the three R's as being, you know, three key strategic metrics, reputation, relationships, and revenue. Now, obviously most companies are always focused or primarily focused on revenue. What, what do you hear from the C-suite in terms of the importance of reputation and relationships in an ABM program? Well, that, you're absolutely right. And I think this is a bit of a mindset shift because marketing's mm. always been seen as the, the engine that generates leads, you know, and, and then where those leads go, you know, who, would, who knows. Mm. Um, but what, what I find, particularly at the moment, actually, is that reputation is, is increasingly important because how you're handling your business in COVID, how you're working with your customers, keeping your own people safe, helping your customers stay safe and resilient, that seems to be more important than ever, actually. And, and I think we'll look back on this and say, well, which companies handled themselves well, mm. which were helpful to us as customers. So that's been um, increasingly important. And the relationship piece, um, I, what I've found, and I've actually just written about this, uh, have, have a book that's come out in March on executive engagement. And what we're seeing is increasingly complex B2B purchases, uh, you have to get to a very senior level to get those signed off. And of course, if you're engaging with the C-suite and you've got the right decision makers in, involved, it means you get access to the budget, they can accelerate the sales cycle, and actually they start shaping the solution with you. So it, it, it becomes more likely that you're gonna get an interesting opportunity. So the strength of people's relationships and who they've got those relationships with has become more important. Yeah. And obviously you mentioned your book there, Executive Engagement Strategies. Funnily enough, I have a copy here on my desk, which I'm, I'm, I'm halfway, I'm halfway through at the moment. And it, it, it's, um, I think it's, it's obviously, it's a great read for anybody involved in sales, anybody involved in marketing. And the point that you just touched on there, the importance of reaching that C-suite. Um, we find in our own agency that the most successful ABM programs that we run are where we have the C-suite involved from the, from the outset. They're, they're part of the decision-making group that actually take a decision to work with us as an agency and they're involved throughout the life cycle of the ABM program. Those are the ones where we, where we know there is executive buy-in and they, they make it 
they make the program a strategic um, of, of, a, of strategic importance for their organization. I think that's really, and that's one of the messages I think I've been taking from, from your book as well. Um, ABM, what, what does ABM look like? I mean, what does the future hold? What does 2020 and beyond ABM look like? Well, I think when, when we bought the book out in 2017 on ABM, um, uh, uh, someone that I really respect, Professor Malcolm McDonald, said um, this is this is has the potential to revolutionise the way we do marketing, and we all sort of looked at him and thought, well, that's interesting. I mean, he's he's eighty something. He's he's seen things come and go, uh, but he had a really firm view on this. And over the last couple of years since that book came out, um, we've seen more and more people applying ABM principles even to their demand generation campaigns and so on. Yeah. And then, as I said, COVID hit and and people were redirected to do more ABM type activity. So I think actually that what he predicted is, is actually happening. More and more bus business to business marketing is becoming ABM. So you've got kind of vertical marketing taking a bit of a one to few or cluster type ABM shape. And the kind of offering campaigns we used to do, we used to just you know, chuck them over the wall to a, a list of accounts. That's becoming much more nuanced and much more based on insight on those accounts and who's in market and ready and showing intent. And then much more customized um, messaging to cut through to those people. So even at that scale, um, ABM principles are influencing the way we communicate with customers and prospects now. Yeah. So I think that revolution will carry on. And, and finally, Bev, um, what advice would you give to any company looking to start with ABM? I think the key thing is work out, spend the time on research, you know, mm. what is the right ABM for you? You know, if your deal size is in the thousands or tens of thousands, you're probably not going to want to do one-to-one -one ABM. It's probably a one-to-few, one-to-many blend that will work for you. Whereas if you've got, you know, a few hundred customers around the world that are the bulk of your business and they're contributing millions every year and could contribute millions more, then maybe one-to-one -one is. So work out what the right strategy is for you and what you want to achieve from it. And then everything else will, will kind of flow from there. Bev, great advice, Bev. Absolute pleasure having you um, on the uh, Let's Talk ABM series today. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Let's Talk ABM, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Feel free to rate and review this podcast. Thanks so much for listening.